Hello everyone, welcome to the WW3 podcast. My name is Will, and for this podcast, a new episode will come out every weekend and we'll have a different subject. Those subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel y'all, the audience, may enjoy. Now, if you don't know, um, and if you're not a big sports fan, the NFL draft happened this week from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Three-day event, round one, um, was Thursday, rounds two and three were Friday, and four through seven uh, was yesterday. So... um, I decided to look back and, for me, do five winners, five losers um, from this weekend and do five picks that I liked and four picks that I did not like. So, um, I know four four at the end doesn't sound right, but these were the only four that I really was like, did not like at all for the teams that picked these players. So, let's go ahead and get right on into things with the winners. So let's start with the quarterback out of Denver, Andrew Locke. Um, he's a huge winner because they added a lot. Denver added a lot of key pieces here for him to succeed out there. Um, so they took a wide receiver out of Alabama named Jerry Judy in the first. And another receiver out of Penn State named, named K.J. Hamler in the second. And another receiver named Tyree Cleveland out of Florida in the seventh. Obviously big gets for this team. Drew Locke needed weapons for him out in Denver. They had Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, but getting Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler will probably push Deshaun Hamilton a little bit further down the depth chart. These two will help immediately and will definitely make an impact day one as soon as they get in there. Um, and so, you know, Drew Locke benefits from those um, from those two really coming in and giving him, you know, an opportunity to really spread the ball around, you know, to this team. Tyree Cleveland will hopefully get the chance to make the roster. He should, considering he was drafted. And along with that, let's just say that, um, you know, it's still another weapon. So it's something to keep in mind for Drew Locke. And one other reason is that this team, the the Denver Broncos drafted Lloyd Cushenberry in the third, um, and he's a center uh, slash guard out of LSU. He's probably going to play guard, probably going to play guard um, this year. And so... Um, that's big for protecting the young quarterback and Drew Locke. And the kid, well, and it wasn't bad because Drew Locke is mobile. He's a pretty mobile guy, so he was a you know, if they had not addressed this, I think he would have been able to kind of get out of some sacks. But still, this is a big get for for the Broncos and protecting the young quarterback and you know hoping that Locke has a bright future and because they're banking on it because they didn't address quarterback at all this offseason. So Drew Locke a big winner um from this weekend another winner another individual winner let's go Jarrett Stidham the quarterback um of the new of the new England Patriots the Patriots have come out and said Stidham's our guy you know that's that's what we want to do Stidham's our guy here um especially with Tom Brady leaving it's going to be a little bit difficult but Stidham definitely a winner uh the so and which means so the Patriots did not draft a quarterback this weekend, which is really telling. A lot of people would thought they would have traded traded up for Jordan Love. They didn't do that. They didn't take anybody um, in, in any of the other rounds. So you know they 
with them not addressing it, they really show trust in Stidham and saying, you really are our number one guy right here right now. Not only that, but they add some weapons for him at a position that was a need after the Rob Gronkowski trade to Tampa. And so they drafted two tight ends in the third, one being Devin a CSC from UCLA and the other coming from Virginia Tech and Dalton Keene. So two tight ends in the same round should really help um, Jared Stidham. A CSC, um, from what I'm hearing, more than likely will definitely be a tight end. But Dalton Keene might be more of a um, fullback more than anything in New England. So watch out for that there. But still two weapons for that QB. So let's get into three teams that I think won this draft. And we're going to start off with the Washington Redskins. And I know this is going to sound like a huge homer pick, but it is not. Especially when you look at the guys who they got and where they got them. I think that it's a huge win. Obviously, in their first round pick, they took Chase Young at number two. That was a pretty self-explanatory pick. He was the best player available. He That was a they were pretty open that they wanted to do that. They easily could have traded back out of two with what sounded like a couple pretty glamorous offers coming from other teams that wanted to move up, but they declined all of them and said, let's take Chase Young. It bolsters up their front seven that was already pretty good with Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, and Duran Payne on the defensive line. You have Montez Sweat, Ryan Anderson, Ryan Kerrigan. And then keep in mind, the middle linebacker, they have uh, John uh, John Bostic, uh, Reuben Foster there if he comes back completely healthy. Uh, but Cole Holcomb, who had a breakout season, and Sean Deion Hamilton. So it's a pretty, pretty good-looking uh, defense considering uh, what they have, at least up in the front seven here. So a uh, big get for him, um, big get there with him. But then Antonio Gibson, the running back receiver, uh, running back receiver kind of player, bit of an athlete, I guess you can say, in the third. Um, it, so the from what I'm hearing, this is this is a guy that's probably going to replace uh, Chris Thompson for the Redskins. Um, he's going to play a little bit of running back. He's going to play a little bit of receiver. So he's more of an offensive weapon, I think. Some pe- people described described him as he's really quick and you know as a part of the coverage that I was watching they said this guy had um, 14 touchdowns on 77 touches which is pretty damn good for an offensive player with with not many touches to score that many touchdowns it's really it's really impressive there so um, and, and an offensive weapon was something they needed to, needed to get especially with Haskins and his development um, here well, there in Washington, which um, will be really, really helpful. And then they took uh, another part of this draft class hall was Sadiq Charles, an offensive tackle out of LSU, in which they got in the fourth. Now, before the, they had taken him, they had actually traded away Trent Williams to uh, the San Francisco 49ers for a fifth this for a fifth round pick this year and a 2021 third round pick, which means they have a third round pick in next year's draft. So they took Sadiq Charles. Now, there's one little issue about him, and he had a little bit issue of um, kind of in the drug part of things. But with the new CBA, he shouldn't be affected by that. So you look at you look at this guy, and, well, you know, it, it, it's a good pick. It filled, it filled a huge void. So now it's probably going to be a battle between him and Gary uh, uh, Christensen there at left tackle to see who start. But still, a nice little pick there that some people actually really wanted. 
And then the final pick of the draft hall that I thought was that was really good that made them more winners was Anthony Gandy Golden, um, who they also got in the fourth round, a receiver out of Liberty. This guy was really good. He was in in the top of the FBS in yards. He had two straight um, one thousand yard seasons. Um, yeah, last year and two season and two seasons and then the season before that as well. And so um, he, again another offensive player to add to a what is a pretty young offensive core Darius Geis um Terry McLaurin Kelvin Harmon Steven Sims you had him in there with Antonio Gibson um it's a pretty good young offensive core there in Washington that could really that might look to take the next step next year um that and could take the next step next year as they look to have a winning season with this young core and then let's go with Arizona the Arizona Cardinals, more so with their first two picks because they were so good and they were so fortunate to have these two players fall to them. Um, and the first one is Isaiah Simmons. And this was a guy that wasn't that a lot of people thought would not fall to uh, Arizona at at where they were at eight. You know, a lot of people thought, okay, originally they would take receiver. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and now you know, and then a lot of people said, oh, they'll go offensive tackle. Nope. They took the best player available in Simmons. This is a guy that a lot of people were saying he can play safety, he can play um, linebacker, and he can also be an edge rusher. And that's a big compliment. This is a guy that can do anything. And with that being said, he's kind of a Deion Buchanan kind of guy. If you remember, the Cardinals actually drafted Deion Buchanan um, a couple years ago, and could they get a little bit now he necessarily didn't pan out in Arizona can Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Simmons get more out of this pick than anything else I think he will I think he's a better player so we'll see how they really use this kind of hybrid player in Arizona and it's a huge get um, and then finally Josh Jones an offensive tackle out of Houston and which in which they got him in the third round and this is a this is an interesting pick because this was a player who was getting mocked in the middle of round one and a lot of mock drafts coming into the weekend and a lot of people you know you know through the whole process through through the whole weekend you know after Thursday it was like well why is Josh Jones falling why is Josh Jones falling and then you go day two, he doesn't go in the second round. People are like, this isn't good for Josh Jones. He's missing out on a lot. And he goes pretty early in round three. Huge, huge get for them because um, Marcus Gilbert, their right tackle, was getting older. And he just he only signed a one-year deal f- for them to return. And then you have DJ Humphreys, who hasn't necessarily been great for them the last couple years after drafting him a couple years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's competition, whether they put them at right or left tackle. And if they do, do they kick one of those two tackles in or do they cut or trade those guys? But it's still uh, a huge win for them to get a guy who had a first round grade essentially going into the third. Then I hate to say this as a Redskins fan, but the Dallas Cowboys, big draft winners. Obviously, you start off with C.D. Lamb. Um, not a lot of people thought they would go this way. I thought they would go center uh, Cesar Ruiz um, in the first round, but they go with a receiver, and that makes this that makes this offense a little bit more dangerous, you know. And what and what was a pretty dangerous offense already with um, 
with Amari Cooper, Mike, uh, they had Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup. Randall Cobb's no longer there. Um, so this is a guy that I don't think will replace Randall Cobb. I think he will be a whole lot better than Randall Cobb. And you keep Michael Gallup, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have Dak Prescott. This is a pretty good team considering now what, what they added in CeeDee Lamb. And then they come back in round two and take a corner out of Alabama in, Tra- in Trevon Diggs, who is um, Stefan Diggs' brother which is um, interesting to say the least. So you get, um, uh, and it's a big get because they, this is essentially replacing Byron Jones. Um, he left for the Miami Dolphins, and now they get this guy to come in. I think this guy can play um, day one. This is, I think this is a plug-and-play starter, so they get, it's, it's, an, it's a huge addition to this team, um, to say the least. And then you get to, you get a really good pick in the fourth, and uh, Tyler uh, Bidaz, center out of Wisconsin. Keep in mind their former center Travis or their center Travis Frederick retired after um, being diagnosed with uh, a, med- a serious medical condition medical condition last um, a couple a couple years ago and couldn't play, and I think tried to come back and could um, wasn't sustainable. So now he is no longer in Dallas. And keep in mind, this is a um, Trevor Frederick played center at Wisconsin. So did this guy. So I think there's a lot of they're hoping that they can get the type of play that they got out of Frederick and Bedaz. And I think that's a huge win um, in regards to that. And then, of course, Bradley and I, the defensive, uh, well, the edge rusher out of Utah. And go on NFL.com. Um, go to draft results if you're a Cowboys fan and click on Bradley and I in this, and you'll see that they had projected him around three to four, and you got him in the fifth. That's pretty good. And the the grades that they put up there, they're either perennial starter, uh, Pro Bowler, um, special teamer, whatever. This was a good backup that could eventually become a starter. And to get that in the fifth. It's pretty damn good because you're not going to see a lot of fifths, fifth round picks really kind of emerge and say, well, um, this guy, you know, because there's not a lot of history of fifth round picks, you know, being really good. You know, you have some fourth round picks that have turned out to be really good, and you expect that with guys like Charles Haley and uh, Kirk Cousins. But a fifth round pick uh, will be interesting to see, and I, th- I think you should be happy with Bradley and I. And if you know me, there you know there's a pick that I did not mention that a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads. Why didn't you mention it? Because it's coming up a little bit later. All right. So those are all my winners. Let's get into my five losers here. We're going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and here's why. Number one, they did not get a receiver. And there was about 20, maybe 30-some receivers that went in this draft. And not they didn't take a single one. This was a – and keep in mind, a lot of people, a lot of draft experts are saying this is one of the best wide receiver draft class classes ever. And yet they didn't take one. Um, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand in hand with the next part of they really didn't give any help to Aaron Rodgers, which is what he has said. You know, he said, I want help. Do not take a quarterback. I want help. And they just don't do that. They didn't give him, you know, the key receiver that they needed. They didn't give him a offensive lineman that he really needed. They didn't give him, you know, exactly what he wanted. 
or and to me what he actually needed. They have Devontae Adams, but receiver was a huge need for them. And you know, one th- one thing I just kind of put in, put down here was, you know, with them not drafting a receiver, it seems like they aren't building towards a Super Bowl. Because Super Bowl winning teams have good receivers. Now keep in mind, uh, um, kids, th- think of when the Steelers uh, beat beat the Cardinals. They had some really good receivers. They had Antonio Holmes there, I believe. Plexico Burris was there. Um, Heinz Ward, I believe, was on that team. So th- those were three really good receivers. Keep in mind, when the Packers won their last Super Bowl, Jordy Nelson was there. Donald Driver was there. Greg Jennings was there. Again, three good receivers. So this is a team that, besides Devontae Adams, doesn't have a Greg Jennings or a Donald Driver. They need to get those kind of players sooner rather than later, or Aaron Rodgers could be out here without getting another ring. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer already in my mind, but he needs to, he wants to uh, solidify his legacy even more by getting a second Super Bowl ring. And he's not going to do that with the amount of talent he has around him right now. And I just thought this draft class was lackluster for them. It wasn't any flashy players. You know, they didn't take a, oh, this guy's really freaking good. They took a, they took, um, and, you know, I'll talk about this when we get to, well, they took a quarterback that people said is a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. They took a running back when they already had some really good running backs. They took a tight end after they took Jay Sternberger last year. It's really, it was a really questionable draft class in my opinion. So that, and that's why the Packers are essentially my ultimate losers in, in this draft class or, you know, from this weekend. Now, let's stay within that division and go Chicago Bears. And part of this is because of the Khalil Mack trade. Um, Obviously, they had to give up a lot for Khalil Mack, but to give up as much as they did is freaking crazy. They gave up a first-round pick this year. Um, Boy, was that a huge mistake because they missed out on some really talented players at the positions that they needed, which was really, really freaking bad. And I'm just telling you, I think... You know, obviously they got, you know, a hell of a player in Cleo Mack. But I think the haul to bring him into Chicago is really going to take a toll on them in the future. Um, and so to address, you know, obviously they didn't have a first round pick. So in the second round, they took a tight end in Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. And it made me shake. It made every. Yeah, because I watched a ble- I watched both. NFL Network, which was also ESPN, but then Bleacher Reports draft coverage, and Bleacher Reports said before Cole Komet came in, they had nine tight ends on their team. Now they have ten, including Jimmy Graham. They have ten tight ends on their roster. Jimmy Graham is there, and they draft a tight end. I'm sorry, what? I understand Jimmy Graham's old, but when you have nine tight ends on the roster already, what's the point? You know, so it's it make it made no sense. I, and that that's why I think they're big losers. And along with that, they didn't address their offensive line early. Be, and that's something they needed to do. With Kyle Long now gone, they needed a guard. What did they do? They didn't address it. You know, there were other positions on. Not only at that guard, I think at 
left guard, too, they needed some help. You know, so they, they really need to address the offensive line early and often. They lost an edge rusher and Leonard Floyd. Robert Quinn's not going to be an outside linebacker. Robert Quinn's going to be, I think he's better at defensive end. So you get another outside linebacker. I think it just doesn't work that way. And I, I just think Chicago really kind of botched it this year in the draft. All right, let's get into two individuals that were losers as well. Number one, Yannick Ngakwe. Number one, he wasn't traded. You know, this was a guy that wanted to be traded from Jacksonville, and it just it never went through. No one wa- It seemed like no one wanted him. And, you know, obviously it's a big loss for Ngakwe because he really wants to be out in there, and the Jaguars were just like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it, which might lead lead him to believe that they want him now this could easily lead to him holding out this next season this whole next season and which you know will be a huge loss because you saw what happened with Evian Bell and Trent Williams they lost out number one on money and lost a whole lot of money number two they lost a whole lot of value um so this is this this could really take a toll on Ngakwe's value down in the future, and the Jaguars could e- easily be like, "Ha, you know, screw you," um, and that kind of you know goes into the next part where the value somehow was not there for this guy. This guy was a is a really good pass rusher, really good defensive end that people are like, well, I don't want to give up a second for, I don't want to give up a third. And I think part of it does come from the times that we're in because it's a lot harder to make trades and kind of see the value and kind of be like, whatever. But the biggest thing here is, why not? The guy was a pro bowler. The guy is freaking amazing. You get him on your team yeah, I understand maybe the, you know, maybe the, you know, chaotic sense that he's been in, you know, right now, you know, in Jacksonville, but you get him away from Jacksonville, that's going to change, you know, so why not do it? The guy is a freaking good player. Trade for the guy, because there was a, a bit of a drop in some of the edge rushers, you know, after, you know, after Chase Young, after Chase Young and uh, Isaiah Simmons, there was a there was a huge drop in edge rushers. Like it just, you know, I think the people, some teams easily could have said, "Hey, let's trade for Ngakwe. This edge rusher might not be as good as um, him, so let's go ahead and take him." This makes the most sense to me. Then the other one's Trent Williams, and you know the. Part of this is, again, the value is just not there. This is a guy that is one of the best offense tackles in football. You know, the Redskins asked for a first. They should have gotten a first. If not, they should have gotten a second. If not, they should have gotten a third. You know, I, I think third should have been the minimum threshold. Been like, Or the maximum threshold. We're not going anything lower than a third. If you're not doing that, we're not trading this guy. We, we'll cut him. I think that's what they should have said. We'll cut him. Teams might have been like, oh, yeah. But you know what would have been the, would have been the issue with that? Is how much money he would want. So I think that that's why people are like, oh, we actually might need to trade for him. But the, again, the value wasn't there. They traded him for, for a fifth-round pick this year and a third-round pick next year. 
So not not a whole lot of value. Third round pick really benefits Washington next year because now they have two there. And they could use that to move back up into the second, which could be a huge move for them, you know, in, in the future. But, you know, another part of this is that his image kind of looks bad. You know, this they Washington had a trade, pretty much a trade with Minnesota set in stone. And then Williams in his, it was either, I think it was Williams in his agent that said, yeah, no, we're not going to, we're not going to Minnesota. We're going somewhere else. I'm not going to Minnesota. So, you know what that does? That shows me that he he did not want to go to a team that really, really valued him. Because obviously Minnesota wanted him. So I think it's interesting. And I think another part of this is that he might not like Kirk Cousins. So it makes his image look a little bit worse than what it originally was. So... Um, he's a loser for that. And then another part of this is there's no contract extension as a part of this, which makes him lose even more money. It's going to suck for Trent Williams this this next season because if he does not live up to the hype, then he's in some big trouble. He's not going to make as much money as he wanted to. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, the Redskins botched this. No, it's not on the Redskins that botched this. You know, well... Early on, you know, there was someone who botched it, but, you know, after that person left, you know, the Redskins said, hey, we're going to give you permission to seek a trade. It's also on Trent's agent. So I think there's Trent Williams' agent. So I think there's a lot of kind of, there could be some bad blood there. We'll see what happens um, in next year or so. And then let's go just trades in general. Those were big lose. The trades this year were big lose. There weren't really any flashy, shocking, like, oh, wow, trades. You know, Matt Burita got traded for, like, a single pick. Not flashy. It's like, what? Marquise Goodwin got traded for a flip of picks. You know, Burita got traded from San Francisco to Miami for, like, a pick. Yeah. <laughs> And Marquise Goodwin was traded from, the again, the 49ers to the Eagles for a swap. What? Quincy Wilson was traded from the Colts to the Jets for a sixth. What? And then there's this, oh, we'll flop fourths. Let's flop, you know, you know flip, flip fifths. Let's swap. Let's swap. And it's like, there's nothing here. There's nothing where you're getting a lot of value next year or even this year. I mean, it. Did this trades like I love when trades are flashy, man. Like the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I loved that. Number one because it made it. I mean, it, it was number one because you know it it was a bit it was two stars, but it was a lopsided trade. But you know, besides that, the, the trades this year during the draft were not great. So that's really it for my losers. Um, so let's get into some picks that I like. So let's get back into the happiness here um, of the draft. I'm going to start a pick that I already praised here in Isaiah Simmons to the Cardinals. I talked about the, I talked about the fit. I talked about the day on Buchanan comparison. Um, and I think another part of this too is now he has somebody should he play a little a uh, little bit more edge or sh- w- once he plays edge a little bit 
um, wherever they put him, it, when they put him at edge at times, that somebody run along with uh, Chandler Jones. I think that's a big part of this. And it could also be somebody to replace him. Now, they did need some safety help as well. This is a guy, again, that can do it. A lot of people are saying maybe he plays safety, maybe he plays linebacker. So, and they did need some help at linebacker as well. So this is a huge, um, huge pick for Arizona and could really be a defensive-changing pick um, as he's going to be all over the field next year for Arizona. So, so not much more to kind of shed on that one. But let's go into round two with the Carolina Panthers taking Yatur Grossmatos, the edge rusher out of Penn State. Great pick. This is a guy that was getting mocked into the first round, falls to the second, pretty early in the second, so still some value. It's not a lot of value, but still some value there. Um, and it's just a good pick. You know, this is a team that lost a lot of key pieces on defense over the last couple of years, um, especially Luke Keekley, um, you know, this past season with, you know, with an early retirement. And so uh, he, he, Gross Matos is not going to play inside linebacker. He's going to play edge. You know, so this fits a little bit more, uh, you know, feels a little bit different. This is probably more of a replacement of Mario Addison than anything. He, he left and went to... Buffalo, and now you've got, got a guy who can replace that and will run along with Brian Burns. Two young edge rushers that I think um, that division needs, needs to be aware of because now, and especially with the Panthers, and you look at the division that they're in, now they need to get after Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and I'm blanking for some reason right now, Drew Brees. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and so it's um, and so it's a gr- great pick to get a pass rush and to get after those guys, and should really should really help the Panthers really far down into the future. Let's end to the third round. Justin Matabuke, defense tackle at Texas A&M to the Ravens. Keep in mind, this is the Ravens. This is a team that really tried to bulk up their defensive line this year. You know they they traded. Calais Campbell, uh, traded for Calais Campbell, um, actually, which was a big, um, which is a big, which is a big move because they, they bulked up on their defensive line. This was a team that already had a pretty good defense anyway. Um, and so now they're just adding more pieces and trying to get bigger there. And so they go, they go and get Calais Campbell. They try to sign Michael Brockers, um, uh, this offseason deal fell through. He he would leave, um, and then he. So the deal fell through. He would go back to um, he would go back to the Rams, and then the Ravens had to turn elsewhere. Keep in mind, Michael Pierce, uh, a big defensive tackle that they had on their um, that they had on their roster. He left to go to Minnesota, and now they add. Matapuke, who will probably take over for him. They also signed Derek Wolf. Um, they have Brandon Williams still there, and they have Jalen Ferguson. So they're going to be looking at a big. Um, um, it's still a big addition there for this team as they again bulk up their defensive line more this offseason and look for what um, what could be a scary, a pretty scary defense with an already scary offense. So that's. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan, you better better be celebrating that one. Then we go Zach Bond. 
uh, same round, Zach Bond, linebacker out of Wisconsin. And, you know, this was a guy that was also mocked in the first round. A lot of people were like, what's happening? What's going on with Bond? And with the coverage that I was watching, you know, they're like, maybe it's a concern of where they're going to play a middle linebacker or edge. You know, if I was a team, I'd be like, if I'm concerned about somebody playing middle linebacker edge, I think I would be really intrigued and take the guy. Um, maybe not first, but definitely in the second. This guy fell to the third. Um, and to the Saints of all teams. This is a team that has a pretty good defense already. Um, so you add another key piece there. This is a team that could easily um, be up there in one of the better defenses next year. You know, And so it's just to, to see that addition and to be, be it to the Saints that's trying to build for a Super Bowl, especially now with Drew Brees probably having maybe two, three more years left. Um, in the league, I think it's going to be, um, they got to make these moves. And, you know, if they make it on defense, it, it, it might be the right thing because de- I would say their defense needs more help than their offense. So great pick by the Saints there with Zach Bond. Now, obviously, this last pick is going to be the elephant in the room. Ben DiNucci, quarterback, James Madison, going to the Dallas Cowboys. This is again. This sounds weird coming from a Redskins fan, but it's Ben DiNucci from JMU, man. And you know, if you've been listening this, listening to this for a while, you know, uh, or even know me personally, you know, I've worked at J. I worked at JMU as a student equipment manager for four years, and Ben was Ben was there at quarterback these last two years, and so now to see this guy get drafted. And he went in the seventh round to the Dallas Cowboys. And he didn't go like, he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, but he was like middle of the seventh round. You know, we're like, holy freaking crap. Because, you know, here in the, you know, in the wood, in the wood household, you know, we're huge fans of JMU and we want, we wanted everybody to be drafted, you know, from JMU. And so when we saw Ben, Ben was drafted I went crazy, and pretty much the whole family went crazy. We were so excited, you know, but, um, you know, so to see Danucci be, be drafted was just freaking awesome because I, I got to know him, um, obviously, through working with the team, and he works hard, um, and I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do. And a big part of this, too, um, to address the other elephant in the room, is I'm going to be cheering for him individually. You know, hope he does well. But the Cowboys as a whole, you know, as a Redskins fan, I can't cheer for. So I'll be cheering for Ben uh, for sure. So that's the last pick that I said that I, would, that I like. And let's finally head into the picks that I did not like this year. And let's go ahead and go. Jordan Love, quarterback, Green Bay Packers. This makes no sense. I know they want to get a quarterback in the future and – um, you know, but it, it, and a lot of people said they might do this, but in my mind, it, it wasn't a smart move. This is a team that needed a receiver. I talked about this, you know, with, with them being losers, they didn't take one. I was, I mocked them a receiver, in my mock draft, um, in 2.0. And for them to just kind of completely ignore that position is really, really bad at this point. So, um, this Jordan Love pick does not look good. And, you know, Friday, Friday night, which was rounds two and three, 
you know, was the anniversary of Aaron Rodgers being taken in the draft when by the Packers when Brett Favre was 35. Well, Thursday night, Jordan Love was taken in the 20s, which was where Aaron Rodgers was taken. And Aaron Rodgers is 35. There's a lot of parallels to this. I think it does. It might not bode well to um, Aaron Rodgers. Could he be out? Could he be out? Who knows? I highly doubt that. But, you know, if you're the Packers, you got to build more towards the Super Bowl. This was not the right pick here in the first round. It was one I just did not like at all. Moving on to Damon Arnett. First round again going to the Oakland, going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, I looked back, and I went back and looked at some of the corners that were still available. Noah Igbenogbeni out of Auburn, and uh, there was uh, Gladney out of TCU was there too. Like, and then Trevon Diggs out of Alabama was also there. So they could have gotten better corners easily. This was a big questionable pick, the um, – the Bleacher Report guys that I was watching, they said, this makes no sense. You know, they needed to go. I, I understand the position, but there are better players at this spot. And they said it, they were just kind of shaking their heads like, what are they doing? But, you know, the problem was, you know, and th- this pick really kind of died down the hype of this. Already the hype of the draft class is they took Henry Ruggs with their first pick and everybody's like, this is a great pick. Then they go with this one and everybody's like, what the heck are they doing? So, um... It kind of puts their draft class in general kind of down a little bit, down further on the totem pole just because of this pick and where they got him at. So uh, that was nece- that was a pick that I really did not like. And then, you know, I'm sorry, Eagles fans, but the last two are Eagles picks. And keep in mind, this is not because I don't, don't like these teams, right? It's I don't like the pick there. I don't like the player that they chose, right? So Jalen Rager, Eagles. This was, this was an interesting pick. They did need a good receiver, but I think they went with the wrong one. Justin Jefferson out of LSU was there. And one of the funniest things out of the Bleacher Report coverage was one of their guys um, was, uh, you know, was like, he, he's a huge Eagles fan. He's like, now this is, and he, he, he was telling, you know, he was reminding the people who were watching that the GM, Howie Roseman of the Eagles, took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year in the first round. When, uh, when there were guys like DK Met, or I, I don't think it was first round, but took took him took JJ or Sega Whiteside when um, DK Metcalf and uh, Terry McLaurin were still on the board, and now he does it this year with Jalen Rager when Justin Jefferson was on the board. It's interesting now. You you can't always say who's going to be better, but the issue with this pick was that you know Justin Jefferson's a tall, speedy, reliable kind of guy. This was a guy that you can throw the ball up to, and he was going to catch it. Jalen Rager is a small, speedy receiver with drop issues out of TCU. With the drop issues, the dropping issues, which is what Bleacher Report said. Obviously, it's a huge thing. You can take this guy in second round, probably maybe second or third, and I wouldn't hate it. But you take him in the first round, and I just don't like it. It's uh, 
it, it, it's, it, it wasn't the best pick by Philly. They easily could have gone Justin Jefferson, who I thought was the better prospect. Now, keep in mind, that's not saying Justin Jefferson's better. You know, Jalen Rager could easily prove people wrong, which I want all these guys to do, right? Prove prove me wrong to why I shouldn't, why, prove me wrong, right? I should have liked the pick, you know, but still Jalen Rager, kind of a questionable pick, and let's stay in Philly with the Jalen Hurts pick. The quarterback out of Oklahoma made no sense to me. No sense. You have Carson Wentz. Yes, he has injury history, but this guy who played well last year with still staying kind of healthy throughout the process, throughout the season, and you take a guy pretty early on, not in the first, I believe it was the second, and you go, and you take this guy, and you're saying, yeah, you know, people are saying, well, they're taking him because of a Taysom Hill role. Um, I'm sorry? This guy is not a Taysom Hill. No, Taysom Hill is, I'm going to run you over. I'm going to play some tight end. I'm going to play some kick returner. I'm going to play this. I'm going to play that. That's not what Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts, this is a guy that played, this is a guy that I think is just a quarterback. Not a tight end, not a returner, not a receiver, not a running back. No. This is a guy that you might be able to put in to run maybe uh, maybe two quarterbacks. You maybe a wildcat kind of thing. You he throws he throws the ball to Carson, Carson throws it deep, something like that. It it, it could be an interesting you could use some interesting packages with him. But I think the is, the biggest issue with me with this pick is you're just not taking a guy in the um you, you know you're just not taking a guy that you're not going to play that much in the second round you know i oh, some people think he's going to hit the field um early i just don't see that happening unless carson gets hurt and if he does it's you know, it, it, it's going to suck, and this guy's going to play, but huge, questionable move by the Eagles because I think there could have easily been... Um, e- easily could have been a better pick. Go receiver, go offensive line, go linebacker. There are a lot of other needs than quarterback here. I think the Eagle, Eagles made a pretty... Uh, made a bad, bad decision in that case, so... Um, that's it for this one. So, um, you know, hit me up on what you guys want to hear for, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, what, you know, what subjects, what subjects, episodes, what do you guys want to hear? Because um, I'll be able to grind next weekend, next Sunday. So uh, let's hope that um, you all have some good, uh, if you do, yeah, you know, if you do, hit me up. Facebook, Insta, Twitter, um, all over those social media places. And, uh, well, no, with that being said, goodbye, and I hope you all had a good weekend.